It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. How you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out MortgageCS.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Joining me as always, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor, as well as Broad Street Hockey's own Kelly Hinkle. Uh, guys, we have a lot of stuff to talk to. Most of it pretty fun, uh, but I think we should just right off the top get to the newsiest thing of the day. Uh, Carter Hart and the five, well, four NHLers, five total players charged in the Hockey Canada sexual assault case. Uh, the the press conference began about an hour ago. Yeah, it was about 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It was around 2 o'clock, and it's... Uh, there's nothing that really came out of it no. that we didn't already piece together, know, hear through reports, but the situation is, I guess, official, and the proceedings are underway now. They were charged. Uh, one count of sexual assault is what I saw for Carter Hart. Uh, do we need to... Is there anything we need to really get into with this before we... I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously terrible. Yeah. And I would not expect Carter Hart to be you know, in the flyers cards anytime soon. It seems like where, where the situation is, is that the charges are made official. So now we're no longer going by reports where we now know that Carter Hart is one of the five. Uh, it appears that the next court related proceeding will be on April 30th. Um, the one thing that I, I am intrigued to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm on record as thinking that I do not believe there is any chance that Carter Hart is going to play um, while play an NHL game, whether it's for the Flyers or anybody else, while this proceeding is still, you know, in the process, I would say. Um, that said, I am intrigued to see how this is going to play out from a availability standpoint, because Gary Bettman did talk to the media at the All-Star game, yeah. and he more or less said, we're going to wait until this proceeding plays out. We're not going to implement any discipline until the legal process concluded. 
Right now, Carter Hart is on an indefinite leave of absence that he himself requested. So I do wonder, like, what happens if Carter Hart says I'm back? I, I just, if I had to guess, I would assume there's some sort of handshake agreement between everyone's sides. It's just like, just stay out of this. And, you know, if you, if you try to come back, then are we, are our hands may be forced. And if you force our hand, perhaps then you may never play another game in the NHL period. Definitely. Regardless of whether you're innocent or not, I don't know, but it, it does. There, there's ambiguity still, which is concerning to me. I was really hoping that the NHL would just draw a line and be like, as long as these charges are outstanding, then these guys can't play. One would think. But it seems like Gary Bettman in his classic lawyer self wants to make it amb- ambiguous. And his comments we'll were uh, something else. I still don't think Carter Hart is going to be back for the Flyers this year. I also suspect uh, that, that would be. I also suspect that he will not be qualified, and then he will be an unrestricted free agent until the legal proceedings are concluded. But I don't know for sure. And Gary Bettman, by making it as ambiguous as he did left the door open for other things to happen over the next month or so, which is worth keeping an eye on. Obviously, the bigger story here is the sexual assault case. But just from a pure, I like to scroll cap friendly, I find these right. things interesting perspective. All four NHL players are restricted free agents after this season. It makes sense. They're all the same age. Yeah. yeah about yeah. the same point in their contracts. Yeah. I'm interested to see how it plays out, like how the league handles. Well, if they don't get qualifying offers, because I can't imagine extending a qualifying offer to these guys with this thing still up in the air. Like, do they then just become unrestricted free agents? Is there some sort of... Like yeah, a, we're, can, we're can, putting, putting a, some sort of limbo. We're putting a time lapse. Yeah, like a, like a freeze. Like a freeze. I'm not sure. Like, that's just, I find how the NHL handles that will be something to keep an eye on, yes. I guess. But yes. I would assume these guys, you can't, you can't bring these dudes back to your team until there is a definite, and the teams that they're on, I think it's just kind of like, yeah. So yeah. that's over. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how the NHL, not just the teams, but the league as a whole could allow even setting aside the morality elements of it. Like, I just don't know how they could, they could allow us that kind of circus of bringing a guy back in who is, you know, having charges laid against him in this series of a case and just letting him play. I I can't can't imagine. So you guys know, I don't other sport as much as you two do. Has there been a situation in which an active player has criminal charges pressed against them and they have not been suspended? I think it depends on the criminal charge. Like, yeah, you know, there have been times where like a guy will get, you know, he'll get arrested for some type of like, I don't know, not even domestic violence because it's obviously very serious, but I'm just thinking like, you know, some type of thing and they will let him play in the interim until the legal case is. It does kind of vary. Like, well, arrest. I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I know. That's the thing. Like I, I, cause I know that like guys get arrested all, yeah. all the time I mean, they get, ar- not all the time, but like you hear about guys. There's a lot arrested. of professional athletes. Some of them get arrested. Right, 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 right. Yes. And, and, being arrested is obviously different from being charged, formally charged with a crime. And it's just like, I was surprised to hear Bettman say like, nah, we're not suspending these guys. They're still active players. Like, like, but why? I just, I really think what Bettman's doing here is he's trying to kind of have his cake and eat it too, because what he's, what he's doing is he's crossing his fingers that 
none of these players are going to force his hand. That, oh, yeah, that they can just run the clock out on these contracts. They're never going to see these guys again over the rest of this this year because all these players hold to their indefinite leaves of absence. Just because kicking the can. Because they're deal- and, the, and then yeah. when their contracts expire, then the NHL doesn't really have to worry about it that much anymore. And that very well could be how it plays out. However, by not doing anything, Bedman is leaving the door open for a player to say, I'm done with my, in- my indefinite yeah. leave of absence. I want to play. What are you going to do? Not play me? I'm not saying any of them are going to do it. I'm just saying that because Bettman refused to, and the reason why he refused to do it surely is because he's worried about grievances and lawsuits and all that stuff. And my thing would be just do the right thing. But yeah. this is Gary Bettman, the lawyer. This is what he's going to do. The league, and we'll is, the league is getting lucky with all of their contracts expiring. Yes. Like there's not going to be some major contract termination situation yeah. that they have to, oh, now we have to deal with this yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Right. You know, like they're getting a little lucky in that regard uh, just from a PR perspective, yeah. not like yeah. lucky. Like obviously it's no. bad for this yeah. to happen. I, I just think that what's going on here is that Gary Bettman is trying to kick the can down the road, have his cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. And we shall see if any of the four i guess because ferment is not an yeah. nhl player but if any of the four kind of call is bluff i would hope not oh, i would God, hope yeah. that they all as because Bettman basically said like i would hope that they would be more focused on their legal case right now than right. playing in the nhl but he left the door open so yeah. it's just something to keep an eye on my guess is that it's not doesn't become an issue but Bettman left the door open yeah. and that's a bit frustrating it is let's uh go on to something a little more lighthearted the actual hockeying uh owen tippett back at practice today has he been officially he was back at practice yesterday as well back at practice yesterday they they practice on sunday but this was the second day that he's practiced i'm obviously not in florida but the players are and yeah it seems like owen tippett i don't know if he has been officially pulled off injured reserve i don't think he has but it's been past the uh the day limit so he can be pulled off whenever Obviously, the Flyers play tomorrow night in Florida against a really good Panthers team. But it seems like this is trending to Tippett playing against his former team in Florida. I was going to say, it being the Panthers, I mean, they clearly weren't going to rush this thing. Now there needed to be a little roster manipulation that went on. And they were like, well, let's why rush it? Let's just put him on IR and problem solved. Uh, but it being his former team, do you think there's a little extra like, I'm getting my ass out there. I was playing real, real well uh, when I got hurt. I want to carry that over and kind of show them, obviously, like different coach and everything. It's been a little while, but still, you got to believe. I hope so. You got to believe he wants it a little bit. I hope right? so. I want to yeah. see a spicy Owen Tippett come yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how could you not want to? Yeah. You know, you're, look, these are professional athletes. They all have those things that drive them internally. And as much as Owen Tippett presents it as, me being traded was a blessing in disguise. You know it hurt that a team that took him 10th overall after you know three or four years decided they just didn't want him anymore and were willing to kind of have him as a throw-in on a trade. You know that's got to fuel him. And what I will say is that I worry a little bit about those types of things from a team perspective because it's like, are they rushing him back? I don't think that is the case here because I think if anything, they were being extra cautious mm-hmm. with him going into the bye because they knew he had an extra week. That's what it seemed like. So I don't... I would worry a little bit in slightly different circumstances. If, like, so let's say if there wasn't the bye week, I'd be a little bit worried that Tippett is 
agitating to play in this game, maybe coming back a little early because it's Florida. Given the fact that he just had a bye week, he was literally on the vacation trip with like the whole crew with Farabee and Frost and Drysdale and everybody. I think Owen Tippett's doing okay. As long as he didn't like trip running along the pool. No, it seems like, it seems like they were, you know, cause that was, he was listed as day to day and that was almost two weeks ago. Yeah. Like you gotta believe unless it was something way more serious than any of us know He's probably okay. Uh, I'm excited to see him back. And I got to tell you, I know we get to this point in the season. You know, we've been through 50 games. There's 32 left, hopefully more. Um, It starts to feel a little bit like work, no matter how much. I mean, listen, again, I always my mom was an elementary school teacher. My dad's a heavy equipment mechanic. I know what fucking real work is and I don't do it. Um, But it does. You got to do something at a certain time on a certain day. And that's work. It starts to feel a little bit like it. I hope those players enjoyed that time off because all I had to do was no post games for a week. And I'm like, yeah, let's get some flyers hockey going, man. Like, I am excited to watch this team again. And it seemed like based on the pictures, they had a pretty good time. They had some fun. They had some fun. I I did. I like Charlie. That's fun. I did did a good, a good ski trip. It was fun. But, uh, yeah, one thing that did, that, that did make me happy about those pictures, I like the fact that Drysdale has already been accepted. Like he was with the gang. I think it was, it was Farabee, Frost, Tippett, uh, York was there. Zamola. Zamola was there, which also I, I love. That, yeah. Well, they're well, at, well, they're buddies. He's real close with Forster okay. and Farabee because they became buds, really good buds. He became buds with Forster and Lehigh, and yeah. then he became buds with Farabee because Forster lives with Farabee, okay. and they became good good friends over the summer. I like love that, that trio, yeah. they were like the core trio over the summer because they all fun. three of them. Like Farabee and, and Forrester stayed to work out. Zamula stayed because he was rehabbing because he mm. had the surgery. And that trio became buds. So like when I first saw Zamula in the crew, I was a little surprised. And then I thought about like, no, actually that makes perfect yeah. sense. And then you had York there. Um, you had Drysdale, which makes sense because Drysdale was living with York. Um, and then uh, and then Tippett popped up in a picture. So I'm like, cool. Oh, and Tippett showed I up too. I love that. So the, all, all the young kids were, were hanging yeah. out. Hanging out with their girlfriends or whatever. So. Good for them. Now, uh, the Flyers are back tomorrow night at Florida. Then they come home for three. They have a pretty tough schedule. Yes. They lost five in a row going into the break. And we all kind of just went, nobody needed this break more than the Flyers. They've been going hard for 50 games. No one's played more than, I think there are eight teams in the league that have played 50. No one's played more. Um, They've been going real hard. We know their style of play. We think some guys are probably a little banged up. They needed the rest. Tippett's coming back. All that. Florida's really fucking good. They're real good. Uh, I I, I actually, I did. So um, on allphly.com on Friday, we posted a, uh, and, all city beat writer roundtable article uh, with me, uh, Mario from CHGO, uh, Craig from PHNX, and uh, Megan from uh, from DNVR. Sorry, I have to think out these call letters to make yeah. sure I'm saying it right. I feel like it's all the call right. letters make sense. Chicago's tough. Yeah, Chicago yeah. is tough. You have to actually think about it. But in that piece, it closes out with our predictions as of now for the cup final. And I have Florida as my my east team you have them in the east i just pushed i bet uh rg tree and i last week both bet um exact final florida and vancouver okay Mm. that's for you vancouver yeah right i i (laughs) i have florida dallas is mine dallas is real good i just i was looking at things and i was like why like 
Vancouver's odds aren't right in my like. I don't know what they should be because I'm not an expert, but I feel like they should be more favored than they are. <laughs> so let's go with this. And then I was like, well, let's get an exact final in there too. And bet them in Florida, but Florida's really, really freaking good. They're I think good. they're the best team in the East. I believe that they are going to the Stanley Cup final for a second year in a row. Um, after the five-game losing streak, we had the week to kind of take a step back and go, where are they? Where are they going? And I need to see them like look really good out of the break. Yes. At least look closer to the team that won five in a row before they lost five in a row. Yeah. I don't like could this start to turn into what we were seeing a little bit in that first month and a half of the season where it was like, this is the perfect rebuild loss. They looked great and they lose four two. Like I can really see like Winnipeg's coming up. They have like the best teams in the league yeah. basically on the schedule over the next few weeks. I, I'm starting to think that they're not going to make the playoffs for the first time. Yeah. I'm starting and not even like I'm down on oh, them and ye, things are going to go poorly. Thing. I'm just yeah, like, I'm starting to get a little, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. This is really tough. And they're going to trade guys. Like they keep telling us. Yeah. They do they're they're, they're going to like, they yeah. are not hiding like the coach, forget the GM and the president being like, well, the big picture, now, yeah. the coach who's like, we're going to try to win every game. Also, also it's going to become yeah. increasingly harder <laughs> because we're losing guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it might not even just be like, okay, they lost to Scott lot and they lost to Mark Stahl who doesn't play like, there's a chance higher end guys get traded than like a Morgan Frost, maybe a TK. We all believe Sean Walker is going, yeah. you know, yeah. he's a top four defenseman. Like, <laughs> is it time to start preparing us? I know you've been prepared the whole time for them not to make the playoffs. I'm just going to stay quiet right now. <laughs> and let you guys but like, should, where are you with this whole thing, Kelly? I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm just doing the bill Matts buy the ticket, take the ride at this point. I mean, like, if, if we get a bunch of those Colorado games, those losses where you're like, you know what? They got Colorado. Yeah, like, the difference you know tonight they, was they the MVP good. of the league. Yeah, but it's fine. I'm not going to be upset about that. That said, I'm very hopeful that they come out of this break with the kind of spark that we yeah. saw from them at the early part of the season. And they are able to do what they did to Dallas, which is like systematically dismantle a team that is worlds better than them both on paper and on the ice and somehow they still just mop the floor with them i would like to see them do that maybe one or two out of three times that they play these tough teams and i think it's possible we've seen them do it more than once this season it could happen but if it doesn't that's kind of like the best part about the season i think is that, yes, I'm rooting hard for them to make the playoffs, and I really want it to happen because I think it would be the most fun option. But if they don't, I'm not really going to be that upset, particularly if they don't in a way that looks good, if that makes sense. Is it is this if they don't, they don't part two, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I to me, if you're asking me like what what I think needs to happen for them to get going, because... I've seen them play really good hockey for most of this first half, really up until these final five games. And uh, like these, two these last and a half games. of the five were not that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to me, the big thing that really bit them at the end of this, like at the end of this run when they started losing, it was the fact that the big guys were down. Yeah. Like 
looking at this, I mean, you've got Travis Konechny has one goal in his last 12 games. That's not good. Enough. I, he not is the great. team's best player. Definitely their most talented player in my mind. If he's not scoring, they're going to start losing and they're mm-hmm. going to keep losing. And I think Travis Konechny will bounce back. But the fact of the matter is he hasn't been playing in my mind anywhere near as uh, as good as he did. Or I think it's his last 11 because I might be counting the all-star game. But in any case, he hasn't been scoring much. Then you go back and you look at guys like Travis Sanheim, guys like Sean Couturier. Now, Sean Couturier, in his defense, I do believe is banged up. However, you're talking about a guy who, during that five-game... He's win, the one sick. Yeah, during that five-game losing streak, the Flyers were underwater by expected goals of 5-on-5, five 47.99% five, with Couturier on the ice. By actual goals, 34 0.74%. So they're getting out chance and good. outscored with Katuri on the ice. Oof. That's part of the reason why, and I said this on our post game show after the Boston game, that's part of the reason why so many of the superstars were showing against the Flyers because if Sean Katuri isn't there to be Sean Katuri or he's only 70% of himself, then yeah, guys like Nathan McKinnon and Nikita Kucherov and Brayden Point and David Pasternak are going to tear you up. And they're playing a lot of those types of guys the rest of the way. So Couturier needs to get back to where he was the first 45 games of the season. And then Travis Sanheim really needs yeah. to get back to where he was. Because, he was really struggling. I mean, that, that's what happens when you're a team that doesn't have, like the Flyers don't have the high-end talent, but what they did have was they had a few guys that were playing like the high-end talent. And then when those guys stopped playing like the high-end talent, that's when the issues really start to pop up. I think it's possible that one or two or even all three of those guys could improve and could get back to where they were over the final 32 games, but they still have to do it and they have to show me that they can do it. I want to talk about Travis Sanheim a little bit more uh, in a second because his his ascension in the first 40 or so games of the year was huge yeah. and his dip yeah. has been equally as apparent. You know what else is huge? The bagels at Bagels and Company... <laughs> Uh, listen, they what have the absolute best Brooklyn style bagels made right here, made right here with Philly love. Now, first thing you have to know about them, like I just said, gigantic bagels. You know what else is gigantic? Their selection, 15 to 20 different types to choose from da- daily. I saw Kelly. You re- went down. I did. You went down to bagels and company to after a run. And company, yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the selection. Cause you. You took a picture of one that really a, piqued my interest. They had a Doritos bagel. This is like some straight up. Like, this is like some mad scientist yes. that they did on there. I didn't get the Doritos bagel. Ah. I, they do. They have like a really good selection of like normal weird stuff. Normal and then. For example, like everywhere has an everything bagel. They have regular everything, whole wheat everything, and egg everything. Oh. I know. I got an egg everything. It was delicious. That sounds excellent. Wonderful bagel. Huge selection of bagels. <laughs> and when you have that many different kinds of bagels, from ranging from weird to absolutely mm-hmm. staples, you need a huge selection of cream cheeses, 30 different varieties every day. Obviously, we talk all the time about the different themes they have, whether they be holiday, sports, what have you. But the most important thing an affordable brand. You get a lot of food for cheap and you know, inflation, man. Everything needs to be a little cheaper for you. <laughs> bagels and Co. coming through. So for the best Brooklyn style bagels made right here in Philly, head to the bagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest bagels and company near you. All right, let's get back to uh, Travis Sanheim for a moment. His dip recently has been apparent uh, the scoring has all but dried up. Oh, it's d- that's dead. been uh, that's been a bit of an issue. The defense also not good. Not all that good. <laughs> 
do we think this is kind of part of well this is why they backed off his minutes because he was playing like 26 a game and then they had to back it up so they're like we are pushing this dude or is it just kind of him leveling back to closer to a medium between last season and this season well it's probably a lot of things maybe the minutes are playing into it maybe this is a little bit of natural regression that he wasn't as good as he uh you know as he was uh, but that wasn't his true talent level, essentially. One thing I do want to point out, and I wonder if this could be having an impact, I don't. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, is we talked about a lot over the first three months of the year, really, about how comfortable Sanheim seemed on the right side. Mm. And really, ever since they traded for Drysdale, they've had to do a lot more line juggling. And it's not that he hasn't played on the right side. He's still played on the right side quite a lot. But when he's been with Drysdale, he hasn't. There have been a lot of times where within games, he'll have some shifts as a left side D, some shifts as a right side D. They've been using the seven defenseman thing a lot. I almost wonder if it may have knocked him off his rhythm a little bit. And sense. now that he's he's maybe thinking a little bit more in game than he was before, where it was kind of just you know click and play. I wonder if that might be having a slight impact on his struggles and that might play into why, you know, it would be great if they could just get rid of one of these defensemen and then bring things back to a relative normality. But obviously that's easier said than done and you want to get the biggest return possible for whoever you're trading. It is a log jam. And I, I wonder if the log jam is hurting Travis Sanheim, his comfort level a little bit more than maybe people realize. It's the seven defensemen thing. Like, Maybe just not having that steady partner that he had. Yeah. Like, we talked so much about, listen, is Cam York producing the offense we want? No. But on that top pair, uh, they were winning a lot of games, playing good. a lot of minutes, and it seemed to be working pretty well. You know, they're playing over a third of the game, the two of them together, and uh, they're winning a lot. So this thing seems to be working. Now, I believe John Tortorella said today after practice or yesterday, um, the lines out there don't think that these are like set in stone yeah. or whatever, but we see Sanheim with a familiar partner, mm. Rasmus Ristolainen. Now that does move Sanheim back to the left side where right. he had so much success on the right, but it is familiar. It's a familiar They spent pair. the better yeah. part of yeah. the previous two seasons together. Yeah, especially what was it, the 2021-2022 season? It was, that was more or less turned out to be their most effective pair, especially because yeah. the first pair with Provorov was a dumpster fire that yeah. year. It was. Do we think this is... Now, maybe he's right back on the right... Maybe he's back on the right side with York. Maybe it's Drysdale. Also, it's probably going to be seven defensemen again, so it's going to be a little yeah. bit of everything. Exactly. But maybe putting those two together for a little bit of to steady Santa. Could that be the reason behind it? Just like, here's something familiar yeah. and you know where, you know yeah. where Ristolainen going to be. True. He is the stay at home defenseman on this team. Go do what you were doing in the first half of the season. I mean, it could be for both of them, a little bit of like, here's a comfortable partner, get your shit together yeah. because they both have been struggling. Yeah. Risto got scratched that one game. Yeah. He hasn't been great either. And I just think we haven't been talking about it much because it just doesn't really right exactly um i would like to see them if they're going to do this give it some time like mm -hmm. not so much juggling like give these guys time to see if this gets them both going again rather than you know juggling in game or like one game oh we lost let's shuffle it right. again like give them a little bit of time to get going i don't know how much they're going to be able to do that with the 7d but that's why John Tortorella gets paid the big bucks. 
Like he's got to figure it out. To me, what'll be interesting to see if they, assuming they keep the Sandheimer salon and pairing together for a week or so. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how they're deployed because you think about it, Rissa Line in the vast majority of this year has been deployed like a third pair defenseman. He's functionally been their number five on their third pair because you've had Sanheim as the number one right side defenseman. Mm -hmm. You've had Walker as the number two. Risto, since he's been back from his early season injury, he's been the number three. Now, Sanheim has very clearly been the number one, like not just first pair, the number one, the guy getting the most minutes. You've got a guy in Risto as his partner now who has been used as a third-pair guy, and I think everybody can agree that Travis Sanheim over the last two weeks at least, maybe dating back to even near the end of December, hasn't been the same guy he was at the start of the year. I'm curious if this is, like, is this a promotion for Risto or is this a demotion for Sanheim? I just don't know. And we're going to have to keep an eye on what the minutes are on yeah. you know, who's getting the matchups against the top lines, against the top forwards, because I don't know. It could go either way. They could be saying like this could be a little if you're going if you're going to full galaxy brand, it's going to be a little like maybe we showcase Risto a little bit, see if a team might overpay for him at the deadline. Or it could be a man Sandheim struggling. Yeah, maybe we should well, ease up on the minutes a little bit to give him a chance to reset. I don't know who else it would struggle. be. But when I see a York Drysdale pairing, I go. Yeah, well, if Risto's like right. the right side guy on the other pair, the top pair is York Drysdale. York Drysdale, you like, think so? Yeah. Not that York's had like the best season, but he's been steady. Yeah. And Drysdale's their most dangerous defenseman. Yeah. yeah. And then like, well, Sealer Walker, I like those guys, but I mean, how that, many minutes are they going to play? But that, that that has been used as their second pair, so yeah. you could theoretically, if you wanted to, just for a week or so to give Sanheim a chance, you could say functionally. Our first pair is, is York Drysdale. Our second pair is still Sealer Walker. Mm-hmm. And the Sanheim Risto pair for a few games is only getting 17 minutes a night. Maybe I'm setting myself up for a big letdown. Uh-oh. And we're going to have some details coming for you in the next few days, maybe a week, about what we're doing for the trade deadline. It's going to be real fun. Uh, but I'm actually looking forward to what the trade deadline could be this year because there's too. so many possibilities how yeah. many they actually pull off what what comes of all of it maybe the only guy traded is sean walker you know like that. that's on the table too um i'm looking forward to what we are uh what we are going to see in the days ahead and if maybe you're looking forward to what we're gonna see on the ice in the days ahead you want to you want to go check out these flyers they're away to start but then three at home and pretty good opponents in all three you should check it out with Game Time. Now, oh. I tell you about Game Time all the time, whether it's the best price guarantee. You know, they'll you find ticket in the same section in a row for less. They'll give you 110% of the difference. That's huge. The seat view, uh, you see exactly where your seats are. That's always great. But something they're running right now ahead of the big game, it's uh, this, this really, really awesome promotion with, uh, with Vegas 100 is the promo code, man. You get $100 off a ticket to the big game. If you want to go out to Vegas oh, for this. the big game. For the, the big, big game. game. The big one. The yeah. big game. The real big game. Yeah, the big one. Uh, there's uh, some, I, I believe, some gold miners up against some Native Americans mm. uh, in a battle for if, uh, if, Vince Lombardi's soul, if you're, I'm fairly if, certain. If, if you are a fan of the birds, maybe you go just to boo everyone. Boo everyone. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we're best at. But yeah. if you were thinking about heading out to Vegas, you're like, you know what I could use in Vegas? An extra hundred bucks? Absolutely. Well, get your tickets with game time and you will get that with $100 off using promo code Vegas100 in the game time app. All of the... Uh, 
all of the other promotions, all of the other specialties of Game Time are on the table. Mm-hmm. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket or. If you're not going to the game, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All sorts of deals for people, whether you want to go out to Las Vegas or stay right here in Philly to check out your hockey team. All right. uh, It is now. We're doing this on the day. (laughs) It is time for just another Mailbag Monday. We have mailbag questions from the listeners. Um... I'm excited because it's actually Monday and we might get to most of these. And then I have no idea what we do the rest of the week. Uh, (laughs) There's actually games this week. There's games. We can can talk about the games. That wasn't on the table last week, so it all worked out. (laughs) We are going to start with a question from a listener named Flyers. One step closer. (laughs) If we are in the playoffs. Are they about to break? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If we are in the playoffs at the trade deadline, I want... A, Flyers set the value on target players. If they are met, then trade them. If they are not, you keep them as rentals for a run. B, do not go get a goalie. Just bring Kolasov over. KHL is done in 15 games. Are you okay if the Flyers do this? Uh, Let me start with A, set the target on players. If the price is met, trade them. If not, you just keep them as rentals for a run. I, I mostly agree with that. I mean, like, I no, you trade Nick Sealer. Uh, or yeah, no, well, I, I, you trade Sean Walker. Walker. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nick Sealer, like, they kind of want to keep him. I don't know. I have so many problems with I don't that. Know. We talked about it a lot. The, last the week, Reynolds, I, I don't want to keep. Like, I just don't yeah. think that makes any sense when you're, when you're in a rebuild. Yeah, like, well, if, if, Guys someone, like if someone offers anything for, for Mark Stahl, you take it. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Mark yeah, Stahl yeah, doesn't yeah. even really factor into the no. equation yeah. for me. If someone offers something, here you go. Yeah. The, the, like, like the price you set for him is yes. literally a bag of potatoes. Yes. Like, he doesn't play. It's like how in Moneyball, where they, uh, when they, the movie when <laughs> they have to stock the uh, the soda machine for a year. <laughs> I want you, I don't want my players paying for soda. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's a major league franchise, and guys are putting a buck in a machine for soda. Anyway, oh my God. Uh, like, do you think any of the rentals, namely Nick Sealer, Sean Walker, like, there's a reason to keep them? I mean, the only way you keep Nick Sealer in my mind is if he You're signs, really and him. I think they're yeah. trying to do that. <sighs> Sean Walker, I think that they have pretty much resigned themselves to the fact that he's going to get moved. Now, look, if the best offer for Sean Walker is a fourth round pick, maybe they say, ah, we'll keep him." Like that doesn't really do anything for us, but you can probably get that for his rights. Yeah. But but right now, yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. But right now, I think the way they're looking at it with Sean Walker is we want a first. I don't, the way this, like, I don't think it's as cut and dry as, just tell everyone this is what this is what we're going to take, and if you meet, <laughs> that's if you a meet good it, way to make no trades. Yeah, yeah. right. Like the Chuck Fletcher School what, what of Negotiation is yeah. it is reminiscent of that. What yeah. I do think there is, like, what I think it does exist, and this is how I suspect Breer will play it out, is they have an ask. They have the public ask what they want from a team, and basically, mm-hmm. like, hey, if you want to get a deal done, you offer us this, and you got it done. Yeah. We're we're done. Then you have something internally where it's like, okay. If we don't get our ask, what is sufficient for us to do the deal anyway, even if it's not our pie-in-the-sky dream? Now, if no one meets that secret limit, 
then maybe you think about keeping some of these guys. But I think that most likely teams are going to meet that limit. Like for like, if let's say the, the ask for Walker is a first, the like, we'll take a second. Maybe we come to the conclusion where it becomes like a conditional first, where something has to happen for us for it to turn into a first round pick. And that's the deal that gets moved. We'll see. The one thing that is interesting, and this was brought up in our, our discord. I was going back through and reading last night when I got home uh, from the flight. Um, somebody made this point and it's an interesting point that, well, Briere, because Briere is a first-year GM, there might be something to be said, and this is his first time doing a deadline, there might be something to be said for him driving a hard bargain this time mm. because mm. he doesn't want Set to have the, the reputation yeah. of, well, I'll just give away Sean Walker for a third at the last minute if none of the offers are good enough. And it's a reasonable argument because the hope in Philadelphia is that Danny Breer is going to be the GM of the Flyers for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to have the reputation of being a GM that just gives guys away. Right. You want to be the guy who, who you know, if, if, it, if it's a staring contest, Danny ain't going to blink. Yeah. So I do wonder if that might play into it a little bit in that, I like that actually. you know, maybe one guy who we think is definitely going to get moved maybe doesn't get moved because Danny feels like the other GMs are trying to take advantage of him mm -hmm. and he wants to make it clear that like no if you want my guys you're going to have to pay up no I like that actually that's a very interesting especially considering outside of Walker and Sealer like there's no one that has to be traded yeah we've yeah. said all along like you can always trade Scott Lawton it yeah. might not be for the first round pick you wanted last year but you can always trade Scott Lawton there will be a suitor you can always figure out something with Cam Atkinson at some point down the line like there's no hard okay well you like you have till next you have till July 1st 2025 yeah. to trade uh Travis Connectman. like there ain't no reason to just give in because you think you have to yeah. so that is interesting the uh Kolasov part of this is something I find interesting, just because I hadn't considered it. It, it is funny. Now, Dynamo, right now? Dynamo well, Minsk it has nine games left on their regular season okay. schedule. I don't have the standings in front of me. No fucking clue if they're a playoff team. No idea what happens in Russian playoffs. Wow, you don't know Sorry. what's happening? That's uh, weird. But say, after these nine games, because he's on loan. like He's signed to his ELC. He is technically... Property of the Flyers. True. Now, we have seen this play out before sure with have. goalies in the KHL that we thought were coming. Uh, may even have signed a contract. And then suddenly they're, uh, you know, uh, prisoners of in war, Siberia, basically. Yes. So, do you think it's a possibility, just like if the world was normal, do you think it's a possibility they bring him over like a college player when the season runs out and you give him a shot? <sighs> No. So here's the reason why I would say no. Look, anything's possible. The reason why this is even a possibility is because he, Hart. he is, well, not only that, he is under contract. He is under contract. He was loaned. So in theory, the Flyers are basically allowing him to play for another team this year. If it, if that, that player season overseas is done, he could come over because, hey, this is the, this year is getting burned off that ELC anyway. One, one way or so the other. So whatever. Yeah. The reason why I don't think it's likely, number one, I have always operated under the assumption that Kolosov was not even likely to make the team out of camp next year. They were going to want to give him some time in the AHL you would to get become accustomed to the North America game and just kind of that get his feet wet in North America, not yeah. just throw him into the Wolves as the backup. Like, yeah. assuming that Carter Hart is not a Philadelphia Flyer next season, I my guess is the Flyers will go out and sign or trade for a legitimate backup that isn't Cal Peterson for next year because they won't want to just throw Harrison to the Wolves and give him 65 yeah. games while you're 
paying someone to just basically sit in there and get blown out every fifth night. Um, that said, the difference in my mind between this and a college guy is that the reason why those college guys often play at the end of the year, I would say nine times out of 10, it's not because like the team is desperate to see them. It's because that's how you get the contract done. Is that oh, the, the they want to burn the year? Otherwise, you end up with the, a whiny ass yeah, William Gauthier. Yeah. The, the player wants to play, so yeah. as a carrot to convince him to sign, it's like, well, we'll give you a six games. You can make your NHL debut, kid. And they're like, all right, I yeah. can't turn down a shot to be an NHLer right away. Let's do it. Like Mike Vecchioni friggin' played a couple yeah. games <laughs> at the end of the year, he and sure he like did. never even sniffed the NHL afterwards. So to me, making the comparison to a college situation, it's different because in this situation. Even if you bring Kolosov over, you no longer have to give him the carrot of you, you're getting NHL time because he's already under contract. That's no longer an incentive for you to give him. Now, hey, if everybody gets injured, you know, if Ferrison gets injured, whatever, then hell, maybe. But I don't think that is a serious option, personally, personally. All right. Um just do you think it might be a possibility he plays in the AHL? Yeah, maybe this if, year. If, if he wants to come over. Like, I think a lot and, of this too. And like, he might be fucking tired. Yeah. Like, like he just did play a whole yeah. season at a pretty high level. Exactly. I don't think the Flyers are going to be on the phone being like, get over here, get over here. We want They're not to play. sending the Black Ops team. No. But if, if he Saving that communicates one. to the Flyers that, hey, I would really love to get an, a jump on my North American career now. I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling healthy. I don't think they would dislike that idea. But I don't think it's something where the Flyers are going to be pestering him to come over. I'm just picturing Anne LaPerriere sitting there smoking a cigarette like, get me a fucking goal. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fair. Jesus. Fair. Just get me something. <laughs> uh, next question from R. Thompson. Uh, let's say the Flyers come away from the trade deadline with one more first-round pick. Would they take best player available or given it's T minus two years before the crazy Russian and Thompson, yeah. listen, it's mad, mad Russian. Russian. Uh, by mad the way, Russian. mad Russian hoodies are in the mail. Mine should be here tomorrow. Ooh. If not today, I Love haven't that. checked it, checked the updated tracking, but I'm pretty sure I'll be wearing mine on the show tomorrow. Uh, T minus two years before the mad Russian. Do they draft three centers and hope they hit on a big one or more likely are they going to consolidate picks to move up? Let's okay. start with that. Yeah, well, actually, I do want to talk <laughs> Say about... Say they have three first. I want to talk about the, the second part of that the question first. part. Because okay. second part of that question is actually kind of wrong. It's, I thought it, they would be targeting defense. It's, well, not even that. Like, what he's more or less saying is that the only center that seems to be in the top 20 prospects is Celebrini. That's actually not true. So mm. Celebrini is... Yeah, he's going to go number one. It's a no-brainer. But Berkeley Catton is a number, another center who's likely to go in the top 20. And uh, and so is that um, that Lidstrom, uh, Caden Lidstrom. So there's two other guys who, I mean, obviously there's going to be some. Caden Lindstrom sounds like such an NHL draft. Yeah, like, yeah. Such a fucking, oh yeah, let's just throw two names together. Now, I'm not it's saying NHL that, draft number one, there's going to be some scouts that are obviously going to be like, well, he's not actually a center. Both those guys play center. Maybe they ultimately aren't centers at the NHL level, but there's at least that potential. My understanding is both of them have been viewed as centers. And then there's um, there's that, uh, oh God, the, the Finnish guy, um, uh, Helenus. He's also a center. Um, that's a good name. Yes, uh, Consta Hellenius, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. Mm, that's uh, fun. So there's a few centers. Now that doesn't mean that the Flyers are going to necessarily trade up to get one of them. But what I am saying is that there are center possibilities in this draft beyond Celebrity. We have talked about the first part of this a couple of times before. Like, say they have the three first round picks. Like, maybe they target centers. They told us that they're you know 
going to take a step back from defense, but obviously you never stop looking. Yeah. Uh, but center is now the main need. Yeah. What I'll say about this is you never draft for need. Now, maybe if you have two guys on your board and it's like, well, we're 50-50 on these two dudes, yeah. you use it as a tiebreaker. Okay. I always, my prime example is Tampa Bay selecting Jonathan Druin. You took the guy with the star potential, didn't work out, but because of that pedigree of that player, which lasted well into, ooh, this guy might not have it, like well into that part of his career, you traded him for Mikhail Sergachev, and then guess what happened? You won back-to-back Stanley Cups because you got what you needed later. Like, I'm always an advocate for taking best player available. Like, it, it wouldn't be a goalie, but like... The Flyers have plenty of goalies, but if this dude on the board is going to be the next Marty Brodeur, you fucking take him, and someone will call you about him eventually, and then you get whatever you, like, whatever you need because of it. That's my philosophy. How the Flyers look at this thing, I mean, especially if they have a bunch of picks, if there's a specific player at a specific position that they're going to trade up for, well, then that means you really trust your scouts. And it's like, that guy's the guy we need. Yeah. Then you go get him. Yeah. But... For the most part, it's like, just take the best player available. To me, it's like, if it's, if it's a tie, then maybe you go need. Yeah. Or, and this is probably the more applicable and more relevant uh, point of discussion, is if one of the centers slips. Mm. That's where it's like, okay, well, hey, this is a positional need. We really like this guy. He was supposed to go in the top eight. Suddenly, it's pick 13. He's still around. Then maybe you start thinking. Like, to me... I don't think you necessarily have to now trade up for a defenseman. Now, there's a lot of real good defensemen in this draft. If you think you got a future number one, he slips to your spot, run up there and grab him because you can always use another future number one. But to me, it's like if you're going to trade up, I wouldn't necessarily be be burning extra first-round picks to trade up for a defenseman. I would strongly consider burning extra first-round picks to trade up for a center. If one of the center... That makes sense. Like, And that's... like You have these guys circled... But it's like, realistically, they ain't getting to us. Yeah. And then if all of a sudden they do, that changes your strategy. Exactly. Like, that makes sense. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, uh, next question from G. Faust. Uh, if, if the team continues to overachieve and say they win a playoff round slash look competitive or not far away, is there a chance they look to sign a one or two seed this summer, or is that still a year or two away slash is the draft where they will try to address this need. I'm sure they will attempt to address this need in the draft, which is before free agency. I still don't see them signing a big-name free agent this summer. As much as I want 
the Elias Patterson offer sheet. I mean, that's the only one it's, I, uh, that yeah, could happen. Highly exactly. unlikely in yeah, my mind. Yeah, you can't. Unless Danny really wants to do what Charlie was suggesting and just really like put it out there on the table to be measured and be like, look, motherfuckers, <laughs> I'm here to play <laughs> and I'm going to take Elias Patterson from your team and you're going to like it. Like, maybe. I just don't know if they're like, even if it was a focus of theirs in terms of like, man, we we need to go. Let's get our first line. I just don't think he's available right now in terms like, yeah, if you could somehow maneuver to get Elias Pedersen, I have to assume that Vancouver is not going to let him leave, especially after the season they've had. I don't know why he would want to leave. You know, he's watching this team win all these games. Why would he want to leave? But who knows? It's, it's fine like, here. What's our, what's their, what's their next option? Like Elias Lindholm? They get Elias Lindholm, everybody's going to be screaming the second after they get Elias Lindholm that they still need a 1C. And it's because, a bad Because he's yeah. just Kevin Hayes part two. Yeah. So, to me, it's... The, the focus needs to be to find the guy through the draft. through the, Or through the draft, or by trading for a Zegras type who hasn't quite reached his ceiling yet, but you think can. Hockey trade. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... Yeah. I could see them maybe making a hockey trade. Like, wrist line, whatever. Whatever leftover pieces that they have left after this deadline to try to get that. But outside of something miraculous like the like the Pedersen thing, it's going to be draft or kick the can down the road. We'll figure this out later. Yeah. Like, that's what I see happening. Uh, next question from Barry Schaefer. Uh, sorry to be a pain in the ass. And Barry, you're never a pain in the ass. Unbelievable, he asked Barry. A question, yeah. well, no, he asked the question about Bach last week. Uh, and I have it saved on my desktop guy. still. I still have it. And I was just going to ask it later. Uh, but since it came up two weeks in a row, I'll ask the question now. Uh, what are we thinking about Bonk? He just keeps scoring goals, many of them net front on the power play. I didn't expect a lot of offense from him. And that's, I mean, we were, I don't I think the collective response to the Oliver Bonk pick when it was made was like, all right, they got a defenseman and he's got top four upside. But like, he doesn't actually. seem to have that dynamic. Yeah. Uh, like offensive, we called him a stay-at-home defenseman, and Charlie pushed back. Was like, well, he's not like a stay-at-home. No, he's not. He's just not like he's not going to be Eric fucking Carlson out yeah. there. Uh, it turns out, <laughs> maybe he is. No, like, no, uh, no. What what I'm seeing, like with all this uh, bumper bonk stuff and the way they're using him on the power play. First of all, was it Gabe Perot that everyone wanted? Yes, and he yeah. is teammates with William Gauthier. <laughs> mm. uh, there is a chance that they were like. Well, we know this asshole ain't coming, and now these two are hanging out for a year. Uh, maybe we don't want to mess around with any of his teammates, maybe. so we're going to go with this Bob character. Uh, but this what, Bob character. what I'm seeing, I mean, it's funny. His name's Bob. Um, it's a great name. It is. Fantastic. But what I'm seeing right now, like we we know John Tortorella loves this idea of rovers. He's you know given Travis Sanheim the green light. They get Jamie Drysdale. He's here for a minute, and he's like, oh, this dude. He's going to be down at the goal line sometimes. Yeah. Maybe they foresaw a little bit of what this was going to be with Bonk and are like, we can deploy him in different interesting ways, or they're just maybe getting lucky in the London Knights. We're like, oh, look at this thing this guy can do. Like, what do you make of what we're seeing out of Bonk right now? I know you have some uh, die, die Hard piece coming out on Oliver Bonk pretty soon. I do. Uh, I will have that Ooh. later this week. Um, obviously, I did the piece last week on Denver Barkey, interviewed him over the phone. That came out, I think, on Thursday for diehards only. So check that out if you're a PHLY diehard. And if you're not, we'd love to have you. 
Love to have you join the uh, join the membership family. But anyway, the bonk piece should be coming later this week. It, to me, look, I think Bonk's point totals, while they're absolutely impressive, like he is benefiting from being on a really, really good London team. He's he's in that bumper spot on the power play down there. He's scoring a lot of points. He's really racking up the goals in particular. That's excuse me. That said, he's not really driving the power play. And he's playing a role on a good power. Yeah, play. exactly. And like props to him for you to be good in that role. You have to be a very smart player. And I do believe he is a very smart player. I don't see the dynamic ability, especially with the puck for him yet. But if he can continue to develop as a very cerebral, you know, anticipatory player who just sees the ice really well and sees what's going to happen next and takes full advantage, he could be a damn good defenseman. Now, I still don't see number one defenseman in him. I guess you never know. Like, nobody saw number one defenseman in Duncan Keith for like four I was just years, and use, then he became a number one defenseman gonna, for a cup team. So, like, you never really know. Duncan Keith is always my example. Dude spent two full seasons in the AHL. Yeah. Suddenly, he's a Norris caliber guy winning three cups. Yeah. So, you never know, you never especially know. with defensemen. But I still don't see somebody who's that good now i have probably raised my opinion of his, of his potential upside from like i think he's just going to be a solid second pair defenseman to like yeah maybe he'd be like a two three maybe he could be in that like sandheim type where you know he could be your one if you're not that good but if you're on a real good team he could be your two or your three and that works like maybe that's a ceiling and if you're getting that kind of guy in the 20s it's pretty solid uh question from john burner uh, has your opinions of Bonk and Barky changed in light of their current seasons? How good can they be? We can just look at Denver Barky because we just talked about Bonk. Uh, it looks like this kid might end up being one of those steals. I don't know, like first-line caliber guy. I doubt it. But, like, you need depth. I, it's something we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. I think once you get to an Eastern Conference final, a Stanley Cup final, your top line's like, okay, you're matching stars. Maybe one, you know, just beats the shit out of the other, but they're probably going to mostly cancel each other out. You see that in the top three, top six. When you get to that third line, that HBK line for the Penguins, oh, well, we have Phil Kessel and you don't, so we win. Like, could Barky be one of those X-factor type of guys, especially with all the extra stuff he does, penalty killing, uh, the speed, all that, the offense he's created for London? Well, that's the thing. It seems like a lot of fans kind of are like, well, if they're not going to be a top liner, then obviously they're not that exciting of a prospect or obviously they're not that valuable. But good hockey teams have three good lines and the really great teams have three really good lines. And if you have a guy that you took super late and he ends up being a sick third liner, like that's good. Like that's a good thing. That's a success in my opinion. I I mean – I'm really excited about Denver Barkey. He but, looks real fun. But not because I think Denver Barkey is destined to be, you know, the next Claude Drew, the next Braden Point. How like, dare you, Charles? I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting that. <laughs> hey, if that happens, that's awesome. Yeah. But I, that's not a fair expectation. No. I watch him and I see a guy who looks like, a, to me, a surefire NHLer. Mm-hmm. He looks like a guy who's going to find a way. And look, it's not easy to overcome the size that he has. He's not a big guy. But I watch him and I see a guy who's going to find a way. And that's exciting to me. And we have a general manager who knows what's up with being a little guy in the NHL. Yeah, he does. Uh, I like Brian Knight, Denver Barkey, the next G. Uh, That was was Kelly's comparison. Many people are saying this. That was Kelly's comparison prior to the show. 
<laughs> and I, I actually, I actually liked your like the way you yeah, put yeah. it, like where Giroux was drafted versus value. value. Like, all right, so We're you move that down. down. Yeah. Draft slot versus value. I could see Show something like that now. Yeah. Like, is he going to be? 10-year captain, you know, no. leader amongst all statistical categories in franchise history. Probably not because the guy you get first overall probably isn't right. going to do those things. Like yeah. it's a it's a real reach, but like I could see him maybe that working out. Uh but anything anything from your Barky piece that stuck out to you that maybe you're comfortable sharing without giving away the whole thing cuz pay for it, damn it. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that number 1 um, he has been watching a ton of Flyers games this year. He seems very excited about what they do on the penalty kill. He said he really pays close attention to Travis Konechny, and you can sort of see just like him watching him and be like, I can do that. You know, that, that, looks like, that looks like fun. And it, it was very... So he definitely isn't going to opt out. It sure seems like he <laughs> wants to be here, just like Jamie Drysdale, <laughs> dry guy, the fly guy. Um, it seems like he wants to be here. He said that uh, they've had... Um, the Flyers have had a presence at London games pretty much from the start of the year that it's pretty much every other weekend, at least a couple people in the organization are up there. Um, talks, he talks with Riley Armstrong very regularly. Um, and he actually has these conversations actually does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He him. picks up the phone. Yeah. Um, but like Nick Schultz, Brent Flair, uh, Patrick Sharp. I always forget Nick Schultz is a thing. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I mean, I would assume so Schultz is going up there more to talk to Bonk Probably. than Barky, yeah, yeah. but like, he's still there. He probably says hi. He's a former NHLer, uh, but it does seem like, and I'm not saying the Flyers didn't try to reach out to their prospects before. I think they are going to reach out to them so much oh, yeah. moving forward. Like they've hired so many people for this <laughs> development thing. And then the Gautier thing happens. It's like, no, just go like, like you literally, here's the credit card. Just go wherever the hell you want. No, like, I go there every week. I see them. I see them setting up almost like a name image, like this super pack for their college guys. Yeah. It's going to be like, whatever you need. <laughs> we got yeah. you a Porsche. Hire <laughs> every single likable X flyer as professional best friend. Yeah. And just, send them all on the road to make nice with the kids yeah i just get the sense for that, me and, and yeah. obviously they have the connection with london where number one they have two players on the team yeah. there's obviously a, quite a few guys i believe sam dickens is the big one like they have guys that are draft eligible which i'm assuming is one of the big reasons why brent flair has been up there yeah. to watch him because he's a potential top 10 if not top five pick on defense but not only that they they have the assets they have the resources mm -hmm. to be able to send guys up to London. You it's know, why every having weekend. Comcast as the owner is actually good. I mean, having a an having owner that's willing to spend funds a lot of money is, good. is actually yeah. good. Th yeah. These are the ways where you can. I'm not going to say it's cap circumvention because it's legal, but this is how you can get around yep. a salary cap because they only cap how much you can spend on NHL players. Uh -huh. They don't cap how much you can spend on every Everything other part else. of your organization. And that's, yeah, like that's the advantage being a quote unquote premier organization yeah. creates. And that's why I have to get to this. Uh, <laughs> this It starts out with Dr. Evil Gritty just Charlie. doing his thing. Yeah, maybe Charlie, maybe Kelly. I don't know which one yet. Oh uh, but it starts out with Dr. Evil Gritty just doing his thing and asks if a premier NHL <laughs> franchise might poach Danny B. But our friend who is in the chat right now, K-Red, follows up with an actual question. Uh, or like comment basically if anyone they should be worried about Bradshaw getting a head coaching I worry gig about that. and that is something because we talked last week I don't think Charlie was here for this one but mm. like we look at Torts and Shaw like if they're this good at turning 
Risto, Sealer, Zamula, Walker into more than we expected and have hopefully found a new level with Sanheim. I just named all the defensemen, basically. Yeah, you know, like, shouldn't we kind of be treating depth defensemen almost like NFL running backs? Like, not to say they're interchangeable, but like, hey, if we can do this with Zamula and Sealer, we can probably just find guys and turn them into somewhat serviceable dudes. I mean, that's pretty much that's, what that's pretty much what the Rangers did for years with yes. their backup goalie situation yeah. behind Lundqvist. It was like, well, we have Benoit Lair, who's like the best goalie coach ever. We're never going to have anybody supplant Lundqvist, so let's get a backup goalie in, have him work under him for a year and a half, and then trade him for a second yeah. round pick. Yeah, and they did it like three times. No, I remember. <laughs> I remember there was a time where like the Richards team had Lundqvist's number, and so Halakat started like two or three in a row and shut them out twice. Mm -hmm. Like they were just like, well, fuck it. Why put Lundqvist through this? And then they'd beat us anyway. So, <laughs> but like, if they were to lose Bradshaw, would that be a concern? Because right now I look at this as a definite, like this is a, like a one-up they have yes. on other organizations. We can find a Nick Sealer who was not an NHL player, not an NHL regular until he came here. And now Nick Sealer might get us Something pretty good. It's very clear that both that and the penalty kill are a huge reason why this team has been any good this season. And I would very much not like to lose the wizard behind all of this improvement. Um, so, like, maybe nobody say anything about Bradshaw anymore. Like, let's just keep it to ourselves. But I do think that, I mean, if I was a team that needed a head coach... I would look at what he's done here and be like, I would like to interview that man. So here is what I, I guess to kick it off, what I'll say is that I would very much advocate for the Flyers to pay Bradshaw more money. Number yes. one, he deserves it. Number two, like, sure, he's done a great job. He makes sure he doesn't leave. However, I don't think it's something that Flyers fans have to be super worried about. Maybe a little. But here's what you have to remember about this, about this situation. Number one, Bradshaw's 59 years old. He hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet. I'm not saying that that's super old, but it's not super young. Fair. And for a guy that's that age to not yet have a coaching, a head coaching gig at the NHL level, it takes a lot for teams to want it. Like teams want the shiny new toy. Mm. Bradshaw is no longer the shiny new toy. You hire like... Teams take risks on guys, you know, in their early 40s or whatever. Even if Bradshaw were to work out for them, he's probably not going to be coaching the team for super long. Yeah. It probably shouldn't be as big of a deal as I think it is to teams because teams fire their coaches in five years anyway, so who gives a shit? But I, but, <laughs> You're but I think teams do – I think teams would account for that. That said, I, I did hear that Shaw interviewed somewhere last <gasps> offseason. So, like, yeah. he is at least a guy who gets some – Get some looks. And yeah. given how strong the penalty kill has been this year, maybe. I just, I don't know. I'm a little bit skeptical that he is going to be viewed by the league at large as one of the top candidates. Doesn't mean that a team won't be super impressed mm -hmm. and be like, let's interview him and see how he does. But I just don't get the sense that he is someone who's going to be like the hot candidate of the summer, despite how good the penalty kill and the defense has done for the Flyers. And when you think about it, there's really not a lot of assistant coach to head coach that happens in the league. Like obviously it happens, but it's not like it's, a free. A lot thing. of times it happens because the coach gets fired. Yeah. Yes. That's like, <laughs> then, yes. they, I, they actually, I listened. Uh, I wanted to 
bring this up when we ask this question because I'm listening to 32 Thoughts today. And Jeff Marrick is talking about the situation in L.A. with mm. Todd McClellan. And we see this. It's kind of the same dynamic as torts. And we've seen it in the past. Like, we've called different coaches professional best friends and shit. But, like, you go from you go from being the assistant coach who's good cop yeah. to now, all of a sudden, you have to be the hard ass. Yeah. And the players are like, well, this is phony. You yeah, know? Right, like, right, and right. like, so it doesn't always take like that, especially maybe if it's in one organization like that, if you go to a totally new organization where the guys don't know you, it's a little different, but it, it can be a, like a different dynamic. One of the, the reason I'm most concerned about losing Brad Shaw, honestly, his replacement might be in Le Perrier. Oh my God. Oh, we're bringing Ian back. And oh, I'm just like, no, they, they might just hire someone totally different. Maybe Tortorella has his eye on another guy. Maybe there's someone deeper how down in the organization. How are we going to pretend that Ian LaPerriere is good at coaching? This uh, came how up. How long can it last? I, I hope that, look, I don't know one, I don't know for sure one way or the other if Ian LaPerriere is a, is a good AHL coach. I would hope that we know fairly confidently that he's not a not. good NHL assistant coach, at least someone who would run a penalty kill because we have an extended Real track bad. record of him being bad. At it. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at what Brad Shaw does and what Ian LaPerriere did when he was here and thinking, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> here we yeah, go that'd again. that'd be terrifying. Here we go again. Let's not um, do that again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's just do the last question. Okay. Yeah. From Kyle of the Dead. When we passed, <coughs> excuse me, when we passed on Cole Caulfield twice in the draft, the previous regime had tried to sell us on the idea that Brink was just as good of a goal scorer. However, you guys seem to think he's more of a playmaker than shooter. What do you think his NHL ceiling is goals slash points wise? Um, I, like, I know we made the idea like, oh, well, he's just as good of a goal. Maybe we got both with York and uh, and. Uh, Jesus, I, I, I honestly, I was going to try to help you, but I have Brink. no idea what direction you're taking this. Maybe we got like best of both worlds with York <laughs> and Brank over Caulfield, that. but just like maybe the overall offensive yeah. production is the same than the goal scoring. I think his ceiling is decent second liner. I just hope that we get a chance to see more of Bobby Brank. Like I really need him back on the team because first of all, I think we talked about this last week. He's been doing exactly what you want someone who gets sent down to the AHL to do. Four points in five games. Which is games, just yeah. tear it the F up and prove that, like, no, I'm actually too good to be here. So bring me back up. Um, and also, I do think he has potential to be an impactful player in the NHL. But 
I do think he needs to be given the same kind of leash that Forrester was given. Like, I think he needs the time to just get it going at the NHL level. And he wasn't given the same leash that some of the other kids were given. And I get it. But I really do hope that we get another chance this season to see Brink up with the big team. I got to believe we see him. It seems like we will. I really hope they don't just like, because he was too good when he was playing well to just be like, well, that was luck. Like, I don't think it was. No, he no. was really good. No, there's something there. I think he needs to improve. I yeah. think he yeah. needs to improve in areas where the areas he needs to improve in are the areas where Tyson Forrester doesn't need to improve, right. yeah. which is why Tyson Forrester is still here and Brink isn't. That said, like Brink was up for three and a half months. Yeah. Like, it's not as this if, wasn't a try. Yeah, it's not as if they just gave him a brief audition and then gave up on him. Like he got a little his minutes got cut real. Yeah, but not until like January. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was it was like into 2024 when it started to be like, oh, he's playing 10 minutes. Like he played 18 minutes the game before he played 950 or whatever it was. I also one point I want to make about this, because obviously Cole Caulfield continues to get brought up. I I really like Cole Caulfield. I do, however, think that Flyers fans make him out to be better than he is because he's like the girl who got away. Yeah. yeah. Because like I had someone and this wasn't even sarcasm. This was dead serious. Someone was asked, asked me on Twitter, like is Cole Caulfield is, is Travis connect better than Cole Caulfield? Yes. And I was like, of course he fucking what? is like, that's not even close. But the thing is, is that this person was being like apologetic. Like I went, in, I watched it. He basically what this person said was I watched a game a Montreal game expecting Cole Caulfield to be amazing. And he was just fine. And now I'm starting to think that Travis Konechny might be better than him. And I was like, of course, Travis Konechny yes. is better than Cole Caulfield. Maybe right at some point down the road, road, Cole Caulfield could be better than Travis Konechny, but he's not there yet. But I do think that some Flyers fans think he is because they still look at him as the guy the Flyers should have taken. And then he had that real big year a couple years ago year. where it was like, oh, he's going to be a 60 goal scorer. And he really hasn't gotten to that no, point yet. He dropped off big time. I think he's still a real good player, but I don't think he is this like, definitely going to be a star guy that we were certain he was going to be two years ago. He scores a decent number of goals. Like he hasn't played a full season yet. He had 23 and 67 games. I guess that's a full season. No, that's a regular length season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 23 and 67 games and then 26 and 46 games. This year he is 17 and 49. He scores, he scores in bunches, but it's not as if he's breaking 40 yet. That said, he turned 23 January second. No, I mean I'm, like I'm still just, very high. So there's, on there's a huge ceiling, but like yeah, at this point, he's just a nice offensive player yeah. on a bad team. Exactly. Like that's exactly it. a really fucking bad team. Yeah. Like one of the worst teams. Yeah. So, so it just like would I rather at this point would I rather have Cole Caulfield than Cam York and Bobby Brink? Yeah, probably. But I don't think it is like this travesty that they didn't take Caulfield. Like, Caulfield has not done enough yet to make me be like, oh, man, this is like Earl Thomas over Brandon Graham. And then Brandon Graham ultimately ended up being a big part of the Super Bowl. That was the right pick. So who gives a crap? But seriously, like, that's the way it was positioned for a long time is, like, it was the the worst decision in in team history. And Caulfield looks like he's a darn good NHLer. He doesn't look like, so far, he is a game-changing superstar. But in terms of Brink's upside, like... What he, what Caulfield is doing now, 20-ish goals, you know, mid-20s maybe. I guess and he's like a 30-goal score. 40-some points. Yeah, that's like, where he is now, 17, 39, and 49 games. I could see, I could see that being Brink's, like, ceiling. Yeah. 
But for a second round pick, that's pretty good. You need those Not guys bad. too. Yeah. All right. That is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Of course, you got to follow us on Twitter at PHLY underscore Flyers. Uh, check out PHLYLocker.com. All sorts of good merch up there. New stuff. The Mad Russian stuff. We still have some of that left. Uh, it's being shipped now. So if you already ordered the Mad Russian stuff, you're like, where is it? I bet you it gets to you this week. Uh, but the Dry Guy, the Fly Guy shirts, the uh, the cool little bully dude that's actually just Charlie wearing a <laughs> hockey helmet, uh, PHLY Hockey, that's up as well. Check that out at PHLYLocker.com. And make sure your reminders are set right here on YouTube uh, so you never miss a live show. That'll do it for us. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie, for Kelly. Have a great Monday, Philly. Y'all silly like the mayor. 